This is episode number 75 of Hebrews in Exile with our honorable teacher, Robert B. Holman Jr. and Sean Appleton. And we pick up where we left off in part four of our study of the Torah mitzvot, all of those mitzvot that are critical for us in our current day exile from the land. So without any further ado, Hebrews in Exile, you know what we do. <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> This is Rabbi Robert B. Holman Jr. and Sean Appleton. And this is Hebrews in Exile. Sean. Sir. We have so much to talk about. Ah, yes, we do. And every week we come in to do this podcast with the intentions <laughs> right. of helping our people gravitate to the mitzvotes. And there's so much water we have to swim through mm. so that as we talk about them, they'll make sense to a people who have been told that the mitzvotes the commandments, right? The regulations of the Most High are not for them. Yeah. Who who want to pontificate and tell you that they're weak and ineffective and they don't accomplish anything? But the interesting thing about what I'm saying is, if you go to church, your pastor will read a text out of somewhere that talks about obeying the commandments. That he will. That he will. But yeah, I mean. And they think that those commandments are Exodus chapter 20. Right. The infamous 10, which are not the 10. The Most High is not, he's not, the Most High is complete. And everything that he does, he's complete. He's exacting, he's forthright, and he says what he needs to say. Mm -hmm. So we're going to hop right into them tonight. Let's do it. See how many we can cover. But I got to start somewhere. Oh, okay. <clears throat> I want to start this discussion tonight. In scripture. It's true scripture. Our scripture. Correct. The there scripture we go. that belongs to Hebrew Israel. Ah, all right. Written, and the scripture that I want to start, the scriptures I want to start with are written by our king. David. Yes, let's make, let's make clear what king we're talking about. Right. Who the Most High declared that King David would be his would be his Moshiach, his anointed, mm. his Messiah, King forever. Mm. That's written in Scripture. It's in Chronicles, mm. and it's also written in the Kings. The helium, to helium in the Hebrew, Psalms, Psalms in the English. 
I'm not even going to use that, <coughs> that foreign that foreign name. Chapter 18, mm-hmm. verse 21. When I stop reading, I need you to go back and read for me in the yeah, I have the 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 Rye. That's how you pronounce the it. The Rye Bible. Yeah, Study I, Bible. Yeah. I couldn't find. I don't have a King James in the house. Well, it says King James version, so I, I'm oh, expecting okay. a whole bunch of Macbethian vowels. Okay. No, 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 no. There's no meth being in in there. Or it's gonna follow and it's gonna read. It's gonna read straightforward this time. Okay. <laughs> Took out the Beth the Macbethian language. Macbethian language out. But here. As we get ready to talk about these mitzvahs tonight, I want to set a platform. Psalms, or Thehelium, chapter 18, verse 21. Mm-hmm. And the king says, For I have kept the ways of Yahweh. The ways. Mm-hmm. Now, that's a question that has to be asked. Right, because you have to ask what? Because if you read this, then you have to ask the question, mm-hmm. what ways? I have not done evil by leaving my L. For all his rulings were before me. I did not distance his regulations from me. I was pure hearted with him and kept myself from sin. Now, Let's 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 go back and let's just let's translate. Okay. I have kept the ways. The ways that word there could be, he could have just either said, I have kept the Torah of Yahweh. Mm-hmm. I have not done evil by leaving my El, for all his rulings were before me. I did not distance myself from his regulations. From me, I was pure-hearted with him. I kept myself from, I kept myself from my in Torahlessness. Torahlessness, okay. Sin. Okay. Okay. Hence, Yahweh repaid me for my uprightness according to the purity of my hands in his view. With a merciful, you are merciful. With a man who is sincere, you are sincere. With the pure, you are pure. But with the crooked, you are cunning. Now, that word there, cunning, cunning. Mm-hmm. Cunning is kind of something you don't see coming. Yeah, this it's got this slyness to it. This this it's coy. People afflicted you save, but the hearty eyes you humble. That's, that's 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 verses uh, twenty one through twenty seven. Now I'm going to jump down okay. to verse thirty. All right. As for El, the mighty one, listen to what it says. His way is perfect. Let's translate again. Mm-hmm. His Torah is perfect. perfect. Right. The word of Yahweh has been tested by fire. Hmm. So it's been proven. That'll be interesting, yeah. So now if his word has been proven and tested, how can you cross the street right. Here we, and yep. say it's ineffective? I'm just saying. 
I'm just saying. He shields all who take refuge in him. Mm -hmm. For who is El but Yahweh, who is a rock but our mighty one, the El? I'm going to stop there. Okay. Read. Read. <laughs> Read. Read the same text now from King James because, because here's, and, and the reason I'm doing this is because people might think that we have, and I, the language in the Hebrew Bible is more straightforward. Right. So you'll be able to hear the difference. Read. Okay. 18 verse 21. For I have kept the ways. Now, can I, do you want me to read a verbatim? <laughs> no, because, because we've this no, no, and this no, other be, word no, in because there. we've already established in other podcasts that I don't care what translation we're reading, we're not ever going to express the Most High's name in a terminology that equates him to anything that's heathen. All right, very good, very good. So, eighteen and. 21, for I have kept the ways of Yahweh and have not wickedly departed from my L. For all his judgments were before me and I did not put away his statutes from me. I was also upright before him. I kept myself from my iniquity. Therefore hath Yahweh recompensed me according to my righteousness, according to the cleanliness of my hands in his eyesight. Verse 25. With the merciful, thou wilt shew thyself merciful. With an upright man, thou wilt shew thyself upright. With the pure, thou wilt shew thyself pure. And with the forward, thou shalt shew thyself forward. Thou wilt save the afflicted people, but wilt bring down high looks. Now, like you said, jump down to verse 30. 30. Now, this is interesting because as you were reading, this is almost a really different from what you read. Verse 30 says, as for El, his way is perfect, but the word of Yahweh is tried. He is a buckler to those who trust in him. Yours says something different. Yeah, he is a shield <laughs> for all who take refuge in him. Hmm. Wow. 31. For who is El? Save, the, save Yahweh. For who is a rock? Save our El. Okay. So, so you hear the language. Mm-hmm. The language um, can kind of trip you up or move you off of a path that the text in its Masoretic state, mm -hmm. which that's not, is portraying. Agreed. See, and this is the this is the problem that we have with the multiplicity of the Greeks and the Christian Bibles. We don't have a Bible. We have a covenant. We have a um, we have a Tanakh uh, which is the compilation of the Hebrew Torah, the writings, and the prophets, which come out of the Masoretic text mm -hmm. and is translated out of the Masoretic text as it is as it is written. Mm -hmm. 
So, so I, I want the people to hear the difference of what we're reading in terms of what causes you to get tripped up when we start talking about these mitzvahs. Okay? Now let's go to chapter 19, verse 7. 19, verse 7. Okay, I'm going to read. The Torah of Yahweh is perfect, restoring the inner person. Listen to what it says. The Torah of Yahweh is perfect, restoring the inner person. The instruction of Yahweh is sure, making wise the thoughtless. The precepts of Yahweh are right, rejoicing the heart. The mitzvah of Yahweh is pure, enlightening the eyes. The fear of Yahweh is clean, enduring forever. The rulings of Yahweh are true, they are righteous altogether, more desirable than gold, than much fine gold, also sweeter than honey, or drippings from the honeycomb. Through them, your servant is warned. In obeying them, there is great reward. Now, mm -hmm. I know, I know, I know that that over there is a far stretch from what I just read. Yeah, I mean, it... it we're doing the people a very good service by reading it in context the way you're reading it. So at least it brings some type of clarity to what's going on over here, because outside of you reading what you read, this would be very difficult to, uh, to, to ascertain. Yeah. To ascertain, to acquiesce to, to gravitate towards however you want to put it eloquently. And, and, and therein lies the problem. Therein lies the problem. Yeah. Clarity. Yeah. Clarity. <laughs> if, if you're reading something, that has been, and, 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 and every, every, every Bible has been composed at the behest of the intent of the composer. Mm -hmm. The language is written to meet their narrative. Agreed. The, the Hebrew scroll, the Hebrew scroll out of which what I'm reading comes from it only fits the narrative of the person or the of the spirit who spoke it. There's no hidden agenda. Mm -hmm. There's no ulterior motive. Right. Read. Read. All right. Verse 7 of chapter 19 says, The law of Yahweh is perfect, converting the soul. The testimony of Yahweh is sure, making wise the Hold simple. It. Stop uh, right there. Uh, oh, okay. Stop right there. Stop All right, right. There. Now, the testimony. The testimony. It says the, the, the testimony, testimony of Yahweh the testimony, is sure. The instruction. How does testimony be instruction? <laughs> Go ahead. Read. Yeah, yeah. Verse 8. The statutes of of Yahweh are right, rejoicing the heart. The commandment of Yahweh is pure, enlightening okay. the eyes. Okay. This is... <laughs> okay. How did we get to doing away with this? Okay. Um, again, verse, verse 9. The fear of Yahweh is clean. Okay. Enduring forever. Okay. The judgment of of Yahweh's art of Yahweh is true. Hold on. And righteous. Hold on. The rulings. R can rulings be judgments? Mm. 
Eh, eh, I guess you can. Okay, that's right. another way of saying all right, it. All right. <laughs> okay, let me go back and get back to the beginning of nine. So the fear of Yahweh is clean, enduring forever. The judgments of Yahweh are true and righteous altogether. More to be desired are they than gold, yea, that than much fine gold, sweeter than honey and the honeycomb. 11. Moreover, by them is thy servant warned. In keeping of them, there is great reward. Now, good. That's good. You can, you can, you can close that. Can I, can I say something real quick? Yeah, you can. I want to jump in here real quick. I, I like, I you like that. You don't have to ask me if you can say something. Cool, because you'll be on the road. You got that. You um, got the gun cocked um, and ready to show. No, that's okay. That's okay. <laughs> <laughs> say, so when I read that, you know what immediately came to my mind when it says moreover, and this is something, a funny little anecdote I, I like to say all the time. It says, moreover, by them is thy servant warned. In keeping them, there is great reward. He's talking about the commandments, the mitzvot, the way of the most high. By keeping them, there great, it's great reward. Yes. I, used to, I say this at work all the time to people. I say, listen, when you play stupid games, don't be surprised when you get stupid prizes. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so when it says here and I'm reading there's great reward in doing these the prize the reward at the end it's great that just hit me I just had to say that and jump that in there okay no problem <laughs> now we understand from what we've just read that the teaching of the Torah the mitzvot the commandments the statutes, the rulings, the instructions, instructions of the Most High, are pure. Agreed. Uh, they enlighten, mm -hmm. and they have absolutely positive, they have positive influence upon the, not just, well, yeah, the soul of a person, mm -hmm. because one of the things that we have to distinguish between when we talk about in text, text talks about the soul that sinneth, okay, which is which is the person, mm -hmm. okay. Then we talk about the soul of a man also, which is also the inanimate personage that is the spirit that makes the man man mm -hmm. that detaches itself from the body, which is the house, the soul, which is the person. And when we think about soul as a person, we're thinking about the complete human human statue of a, of, 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 of a person. Of a person, yeah. Whereas scripture talks about soul in the comprehensive state of not just the person, but that inanimated part that is not tangible, can't be touched, that belongs to him, mm -hmm. that never dies. Yeah, agreed. Totally now, agreed. Now, let's see now, but he said, the soul that sinneth, it, it will, shall, it shall die. It shall die. Mm -hmm. But we have to understand what he's talking about. He's not talking about, he's not talking about physical death. When he says, the soul that sinneth, it shall die, he's talking about that soul, that person, that inanimate part of you that gets detached from the body when it goes back to the dust. That part of you will never, ever yeah. be resurrected again. But for the righteous, for the righteous, he says, 
as we talked about in last mm. week's podcast out of Ezekiel, the righteous person, he will live mm -hmm. according to and by his own righteousness. Mm -hmm. So that means that that soul that gets detached from the house mm -hmm. has an opportunity to be reconnected with a glorified body when it is when it is reenacted in the land. Mm. See, that, 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 what I just said, what I just said is not being taught across the street. Sure. Yeah, there's another and I, and I'm, that and I'm speaking, comes about. And I'm speaking from text because Daniel chapter 12, I think it's verse four, Daniel talks about the river vacation from the dust. Mm. Okay? Mm -hmm. Now, so I want I, I want you, I want our people to understand that what we are talking about as we talk about teaching and sharing with you these mitzvotes, okay? There is unequivocally, and if there is somebody out there, please email me. Please email me. You can go to the website, you can email me, or you can make a comment on Podbeam and let me know that there is somebody out there that's teaching the statutes, the rulings, yeah. the precepts, the instructions, the misfolds, and the commandments of the Most High in, enumerated, in, a, in an enumerated status so that you know what they are. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know why this hit me right here when you were saying that. <laughs> this, to me, and I'm going to make an allegory with this real quick, Okay. Because I don't want to take away from the gravitas of what you just said. But this is, when, I, when we read stuff like this, this is getting down to the core of what ideal patriotism is for me. Think about what a patriot is in this day and age. A person, what are we talking about? Being upright, upholding all of the laws and statutes of a country. A person that's willing to defend its borders. This is this is one of these things when you read these kinds of things in text and it's and, and it's talking about who talks about the United States or wherever you live government in a fashion like this. Oh, all the rulings and 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 judgments of that come down from whatever Supreme Court are righteous and just our laws. They do talk about it. Say our Constitution is Yada, yada, yada. It is pure. It is this. And those are those staunch patriots that believe in the system. And that's what this is kind of a type and shadow of our allegory. We're talking about individuals we're trying to. And it's and it's very cathartic because it's hard for us as melanated folk in this country to have that level of patriotism. We've never seen that before. We've never been gung ho for the United States like some others here in this particular country. So it's hard to acquiesce and, and, and make a connection here to say, I, I think for maybe for most people, because of the idea that this is, this is literally hardcore patriotism. Oh, yes. About the most high defending yes. our borders and upstanding and yes. being upstanding and righteous and upholding all of the statutes and laws of, of that, of the Hebrew empire. What is it? We don't you, even think like that. What is it you call us now? The nation? What, what are I we? I call it the empire or the dynasty of Israel. It has, it has 
substantive matter that's ethical and that is moral. So when, and I have to keep repeating this every time I, every mm -hmm. time I do this, because in the back of the cranium of Hebrew, Israel, and exile's mind, somebody told you that these ethical, moral ruling statutes and commandments that the Most High has given us mm -hmm. are not for you, they're for another people. people another people. And you're not under these. <laughs> so because of that, because of that narrative, there is no one that is teaching you the difference between that which is righteous and that which is wicked, which the Most High refers to anyone and anybody who doesn't follow his way of life, he right. deems them as being wicked. Right. Now, I ended, or I was into the discussion of the four offerings. And I wanna, I wanna start there tonight with this. I talked about the Kataz, the Asham offerings. And in Vayikra chapter number six, verse 10, it says that it is not to be baked with leaven or given it as their portion of my offerings made by fire, like the sin offering. The sin offering is the kataz, and the guilt offering is the asham, and it's especially set apart. Now, I, I'm, I'm, I'm reading something here, but I'm, I'm, go I'm, I'm going to get somewhere. Okay. The kataz is sin that is germane to things that are committed through error. Okay? Error. Mm -hmm. Error. Made a mistake. Correct. The asham is a sin that is made by making false oaths and presumptuous sins. Okay? Okay. So... That's and and we and we and we error accidentally, mm -hmm. but we also deal with the idea of presumptions. Mm. Okay, now let's go to Psalms. Once again, Tehillim, chapter nineteen, and we're going back there in verse thirteen through fifteen. But as you don't have to read this this time. Okay. Okay. All right. And the writer says, "Who can discern?" unintentional sins <laughs> cleanse me from hidden faults also keep your servant from presumptuous sins so that they won't control me then I will be blameless and free of great offense may the words of my mouth mm -hmm. and the thoughts of my heart be acceptable in your presence Yahweh my rock my redeemer mm -hmm. okay that's what he says. Okay. Goes on to say, in, in 51, Psalms 51, 17 and 19, he says, Yahweh, open my lips, then my, my mouth will praise you. For you don't want sacrifices, or I would give them. You don't take pleasure in burnt offerings. My sacrifice to El, the mighty one, is a broken spirit, L, the mighty one, you won't spurn a broken or a chastened heart. Mm -hmm. Now, 
what we're reading here in 51 has to do with the aspect of not just presumptuous sins, mm -hmm. but sin with malice aforethought. Because when we commit things against the Most High with malice aforethought, with intent knowing that we're doing right, we're doing wrong, mm -hmm. there's no offering that we can offer him for doing that. Right, premeditated. Okay. Therefore, the Psalms comes to us and he says this, a broken spirit, you will not spurn a broken and a chastened heart. So now to come back to him, when we violated his misfotes, his rulings, his, his, his ways that we know are there that we're supposed to do. We do it. We do it with thought. Mm -hmm. The only way we can get back to the Most High is with a broken spirit. Yeah. I want to. I want to put that out there. Okay. Want to put that out there. Put that out there now. Oh, I was up on the board. Okay. Now let's get to something. In the in in Vayikra chapter number uh, four verses thirteen through fourteen, he says, "If the entire community of Israel inadvertently makes mm. a mistake with the assembly, being unaware of the matter, and they do something against any of the misfits of Yahweh concerning things which should not be done, <coughs> they are guilty." <coughs> When the sin they have committed becomes known, then the assembly is to offer a young bull as a sin offering and bring it before the tent of meeting. Mm -hmm. Now, let's go back. We're not in a exile where we're offering sin offerings of animals. But when something inadvertently happens within the community that violates the principles of Torah, then we have a responsibility as a community mm. to come before the Most High in this exile and offer him heartfelt contriteness. That's all we can do in this exile. Right. We've got to acknowledge it mm -hmm. and we got to deal with it. Right. That's that's one of that's one of our mitzvahs. Okay. And I want to deal with that one. I want to deal with that one. Okay. Yeah. What am I going backwards? I think you're going backwards. Going backwards. Yeah, katas and. Okay, let's go. Let's go going backwards, hitting the wrong button. Let's move forward here. Um. The dichotomy of the Greek text. Now, we're dealing with the idea that there is a dichotomy between the Hebrew and the Greek. Mm. A division or a contrast. What is that dichotomy? It's a division or a contrast between two things that are that 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 are or are represented as being opposed or entirely different. So the Hebrew text and the Greek text are diabolically opposed to each other. They're, 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 they're different. Yeah. It has been passed down that the Greek text says we are not under the law. 
Jesus fulfilled the law so you don't have to pay attention to it. Well, I'm, I'm asking the question, mm. okay? How do you find the perfectedness of the Most High's commandments, but you don't follow them, you don't know what they are, and they're supposed to make you happy, but you're not following them. I'm trying to understand. I'm trying to understand that. Right. Th that's interesting. And this last line that you have right here, it says, what does it say? It says, Jesus Gonzalez fulfilled. No, it says Jesus fulfilled <laughs> <laughs> the law. So we don't have to pay attention to it. I always am mystified by that word fulfilled because uh, I like to give the example of, you know, um, we all have the ability to, we have the privilege, it's not a right, to drive in the state of California. You have yeah. the privilege to drive in the state yeah. of California. And there are uh, tests and uh, laws that you have to obey. So, again, if someone goes ahead in your family and fulfills the requirement for getting that license and, and, and following the laws of the road, does that make it so that you don't have to? Right. Now, Just because someone has come and, 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 and was successful Christian church in order to uh, show you that the Torah of Moshe and the Torah of the Most High can be done, that is no way, shape, or form, or fashion saying that you shouldn't have to do it because someone else did. Okay. Now. I don't have to break Usain Bolt's record because no. it's already yeah. He, yeah. he already broke it. Yeah. Now let's <laughs> let's let's deal with something here. Let's let's see if I can get there. I'm gonna get down to Romans chapter two. Uh here, here I am, right here. Now let's let's deduce this particular text in Romans from across the street. Oh, you went across the street. Yeah. All right. And and let's let's see the let's see the ambiguity that's there and what it's saying in relationship to the Hebraic text. Because it's saying something there that you would only be able to understand if you were Hebraic. Right. Okay. For as many as have sinned without the law, okay, so as many who have sinned without Torah will also perish without the law, which is Torah. And as many as have sinned in the Torah will be judged by the Torah, okay? So, yes, why? Because it's the same thing. He's saying the same thing there hmm. <clears throat> that applies <clears throat> to the laws that govern us in the nations that we live. Yeah. Same thing. We're going to be judged by the law. And as many as have that violate the law without the law, okay, they're going to also be judged by the law, which says that the ignorance of the law does not excuse you not from the law. That's what that's saying. Right. It's no excuse. Now, but the doers of the Torah or the law will be justified. For when Gentiles, the nations, now he's, now, now, he's, now he's going to the nations, who do not have the Torah, 
by nature, now listen to by nature. So Gentiles who do not have Torah by nature do the things in the Torah. These, although not having the law or the Torah, are a law to themselves who show the work of the law written on their hearts. Well, I'll be doggone. Did he just ratify with something that our master teacher said? Well, I'll be doggone. It's written where? On your heart. It's written right now, there. Now, 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 I want you to hear the ambiguity that's there. How can you make a statement like that and then come along and say that the law is not for you when, in fact, Mashe has already said that these ethical and these moral misfolks that we've been talking about, they're on your heart. You know the difference between right and wrong. It's correct. That is correct. You know you don't sleep with your mother. And I'm just taking a few of them that out of uh, ethical. You know you don't sleep with your mother. Mm -hmm. You know you don't sleep with your sister. Mm -hmm. You know you don't sleep with your relatives. Right. You know you don't diddle the chickens. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, you know, you you know it's not good to 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 follow to follow uh the crowd when the crowd is doing wrong. I mean, that's just those are just some simple ones. That that's on your heart. Nobody has to teach Nobody you that. Nobody has to tell you that. And that's what what Shaul is saying right here. But let's but let's go on. Good, good. For L does not show favoritism. All who have sinned outside mm -hmm. the framework of the Torah. I'm or oh, I'm reading now. Oh, now now I'm reading this from 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 the complete Jewish. Jewish Bible, that was okay. from the King James. Mm -hmm. Now I'm going to read it. I'm going to read it from the King from from the complete Jewish. For L does not show favoritism. All who have sinned outside the framework of Torah will die outside the framework of Torah, and all who have sinned within the framework of Torah will be judged by Torah, for it is not merely the hearers of Torah whom Yahweh considers righteous, rather it is the doers of what the Torah says who will be made righteous in Yahweh's sight. Okay, so now he's telling us that righteousness is germane to doing what the Torah or what the law says, which is the same thing that the Greek text says. For whenever Gentiles who have no Torah do naturally what the Torah requires, then these, even though they don't have Torah, for themselves are a Torah. Well, that statement there, I'm going to go back to the Greek, that statement there is an untrue statement. Mm. What makes it untrue? Yes, you do know what makes it untrue. Explain it. What makes that statement untrue is that, listen to what he says. The nations who have no Torah do naturally what the Torah requires. So if you're doing naturally what the court, what the Torah requires, you do have a Torah within you. I agree with that statement. It's supported. Where is it written? On your heart. heart. That's right. You know the difference between that which is right and that which is wrong. Yeah, it's on your hard drive. Factory default. 16. Romans. 
Therefore, do not let sin reign in your mortal body. Let's go back. John. John says that sin is being lawless. He does. Lawless is nomus. Nomus is Torah. So now the Greek text is saying, therefore, do not let being Torahless reign in your mortal body that you should obey it in its lust. Mm. And do not present your members as instruments of unrighteousness to sin. Do not present your your members as instruments of being Torahless. But present yourselves to El as being alive from the dead, the soul that sinneth, it shall die, and your members as instruments of righteousness to El. Where do you get righteousness? Where does righteousness come from? Righteousness comes from a place that you're not being taught. Didn't even hear a word of it. Righteousness is coming from someplace that's more than the, than what I've just mentioned, which is the reason why I keep giving you giving you these 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 mitzvot as we walk along. For sin shall not have dominion over you. Let's write it. Read it again. So so being Torahless shall not have dominion over you, for you are not under the law but under grace. So there's the ambiguous statement. That's yeah. There is a statement that has everybody confused because Shaul's not talking about not following the ethical moral principles and the laws and the instructions of the Mosai. He's talking about not following the what? Mm. Not following the contamination. Yeah, the, all, of the Torah. Right. The fence which, that's been the, built around the it. Fence that the Pharisees and the Sadducees have built around it. What then shall we say? Shall we be Torahless because we are not under Torah, but under grace? Well, how do you think Israel got the Torah? Hmm. They didn't deserve it. If you go back and read the text, the Most High will tell you they didn't deserve it. That's correct. And explain, yeah, it gives you a dissertation so as to why. So that's grace. Yeah. Therefore, no, I'm not going to read. I just read it. I just read it. I just read it in the uh, in the in, in the Greek. complete Jews. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. I just read it in the Greek. So now let's get somewhere. Okay, we talked about the fat of bulls. We're not going to do that one. We talked about not consuming blood, kosher animals. Talked about Vayikra chapter 11. Okay, we got to get somewhere here. We talked about all those. We talked about the, the dietary laws, didn't we? Have we talked about the dietary laws? I'm let's go not, back. Let's go back let's and go, get them. Let's, let's get go them. back we, and get them. If let's we, go if, back and get them. Yeah, let's be double sure. Because this this is this is this is very important. Yeah, this because is, you know what? Out of these ones, these dietary laws are the ones that you do the most. Some of you you're evaluating what you're eating all the time. You, when you do the Shabbat, you do the Shabbat once a week. Some of these other ones may not happen as, as frequent as these do. These happen on a daily basis, several times a day. Yeah. Now, <clears throat> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to recite, I'm going to read for you what the Most High has given us as mitzvot and instructions for our eating habits as Hebrew people. Mm. Now, once again, I'm going to say something, okay? 
The nations can do anything they want to do. Right. But if you claim to be the people of the Most High, then we have to operate under the governance of the Most High, even in relationship to the things that we eat. So he's very clear. And um, the, um, the um, I can never remember those people's name. Who is that? The Christian churches, which are up on the hill. Oh, uh, you! Oh, the Destiny Church and, yeah. and Bayside. Yeah, and what are they? They're um, evangelicals. Evangelicals. I yeah. can never remember that name. <laughs> the evangelicals can do anything that they want to do mm-hmm. because they subscribe to the narrative of text, which has been written for them. Mm-hmm. And I've tried to make it plain to our people that that document across the street called the Greek New Testament, that's not, that's, that's, that's not our work. Correct. That's not the work of Hebrew Israel. Correct. Correct. That's the work of the nations. Correct. So they can do anything they want. But for Hebrew Israel, let's go. Mm-hmm. Mm. It's funny you mentioned those folks up on the hill. Vayikra chapter 11 mm-hmm. starts in verse 4. But you are not to eat non-kosher animals, those that only chew cud, the cud, or only have separated hoof. For example, the camel, the coney, the hare are unclean. So rabbits are unclean. So if you're out there shooting rabbits. Right, eating rodents. Yeah. That ain't. That's that's not true. That ain't cool, Because they chew the cud, but don't have a separated hoof. While the pig is unclean for you because although it has separate and a completely divided hoof, it doesn't chew the cud. So pig is off the dietary chain. It's not considered food by the most high. Mm. Of all the things that live in the water, you may eat these. Anything in the water that has fins, and scales, and whether in seas or rivers, these you may eat. Vayikra chapter 11, verse 9. So now he talks about what's kosher in the sea or in the water. What? Fish that have fins fins and scales. And scales. Okay. So that means that catfish is off the dietary Food chain. It's not. Right. It's not. It's not what's considered food for Hebrew Israel. It's considered a bottom feeder because it, although it does has fins, it does not have scales. No, it's a bottom feeder. Mm-hmm. As 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 do shrimp. Correct. Lobster. Lobster. Crab. Crab. Uh, squid. Squid. All of those are otherwise calamari. Calamari. Yeah. All of those are not within the father's food chain that we as Hebrew people are supposed. Now, what am I reading? You're reading scripture. You're reading straight out of text. That's okay. that's Just make not, sure. That's not you talking. Vayikra 11, chapter 11, 10 through 12. Prohibition to eat non-kosher fish. But everything in the seas and the rivers without both fins and scales of all the small water creatures and of all the living creatures in the water is a detestable thing for you. Yes, these will be detestable for you. You are not to eat their meat and you and you are to detest their carcasses. Whatever lacks fins and scales in the water is detestable for you. So why is it that the evangelicals 
are so upset about other matters that are detestable to the Most High, such as same-sex marriage, LGBT+. They're upset about that, and they talk about, oh, you're just destroying our country. Hmm. They're not destroying Hebrew Israel's country. They might be destroying your country, but you got a problem because you want to be upset about one thing that's detestable, but yet and still you eat all this crap that the Most High defines as detestable for you, but you're not screaming bloody murder about that. Right. If you're going to do one, just do them all. Don't pick and choose. This is not the Golden Corral. I mean, come on, <laughs> come on. You can't have it both ways. Wait, this ain't, this ain't If you're going to be upset about one, then be upset about all. Correct. 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 You, 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 be consistent. And, and, and I got to tell you something. I got to tell you something. Hebrew Israel didn't know nothing about eating detestable foods until we came in contact with you Europeans. Okay. Whoa. <laughs> what? 58? 58? I'm going to say it again. 58 and 1 said what? <laughs> it says, speak loud and spare not. Yes. Come on. We didn't know anything about eating pigs and detestable things until we were exposed to you Europeans. I know you don't like you're not you're not liking what I'm saying, but I'm speaking truth. Right. Oh, you are. <laughs> Viaqua chapter eleven, verse thirteen, non kosher birds. The following creatures of the air are to be detestable to you. They are not to be eaten. They are detestable things. The eagle, the vulture, the ostrich, the kite, and various kinds of buzzards, the various kinds of ravens, the ostrich, the screech owl, the, sea, the seagull, and various kinds of hawks. The owl, the cormet, the great owl, the horned owl, the pelican, the barn owl, the stork, and various kinds of herons, the hoopy, the bat, all winged swarming creatures that go on all fours are a detestable thing for you. The Most High is defining what Hebrew Israel can eat, what we can't eat. Verses 11 through 22, verses 21 through 21. To examine the signs of locusts, to distinguish between kosher and non-kosher. Except that all winged swarming creatures that go on all fours, you may eat those that have jointed legs above their feet, enabling them to jump off the ground. Specifically, of these, you may eat the various kinds of locusts, grasshoppers, katydids, and crickets. But the other, but other than that, all winged swarming creatures having four feet are a detestable thing for you. You know what? Those are some of the most easiest misfolks to do because I'm going to tell you, you reading that over there, I'm like, I don't mean eat no crickets. I don't know about grasshoppers or any of those other things too. So you doing, some of them we doing are doing them inherently. <laughs> okay. Let me catch up. Let me catch up with my screen here. Okay. All right. Now, sorry, sorry, I didn't have I didn't have it up on the screen. Animals that make you unclean, the following will make you unclean. Whoever touches the carcass of them will be unclean until evening, and whoever picks up any part of your carcass, 
is to wash his clothes, be unclean until evening. Every animal that has a separate but incompletely divided hoof or that doesn't chew the cud is unclean for you. Anyone who touches them <coughs> will be unclean. So touching pig makes you unclean. Whatever goes on his paws among all animals, the going off forest is unclean for you. Whoever touches his carcass will be unclean until evening. And whoever picks up the carcass is to wash his clothes and be unclean until evening. These are unclean for you. So the Most High is just telling us what, what we can do and what we cannot do. Then we get into Vaikra chapter um, 11, verses 29 through through. 38. Oh. I, I, I got I to turn to that. I got I to gotta, I gotta go to that. I got to go there. This is, I believe these are the mitzvot that deal with, um, it says impurity caused by the eight. 11, Vayikra. Let's go there. I think. Chapter 11, starting at verse 29. Aren't those the sexual immoralities? I may be wrong with that category. Um. Well, these are these are the laws. These are the insects. I mean, oh, and, and, insects. Yeah. Okay. And, and you you can go there. Mm, you can turn. You, you, you all can turn in your in your scriptures to uh, Leviticus mm. chapter eleven, verses twenty nine through thirty eight, and he gives us the impurity of the types of insects and things which we are not supposed to indulge in. In verse 39 of chapter 11, he talks about to observe the laws of impurity caused by a dead beast. So now we're not supposed to eat that which is dead. If an animal of any kind that you are permitted to eat dies, whoever touches its carcass will be unclean. A person who eats meat from its carcass or carries its carcass is to wash his clothes. He will be unclean until evening. So now... This is the law that deals with the aspect of death. And the Most High makes this particular mitzvot not only in relationship to animals, but also to human beings. But we're not eating human beings. He just talks about touching that which is dead. The Most High has a very uh, strong affinity to things that are dead. Correct. You said something very poignant in that statement, too, that it's not we don't eat humans. So this is not my body that is broken for you. The symbol of my body. Oh. God, I need to stop. Don't no, me. you don't. Because, <laughs> Go ahead. No, because <clears throat> that's a very important part. I mean, we've already dealt with the misfolk that says you're not supposed to drink blood or that's, eat blood. That's correct. And fat. So, except you drink my blood and eat my flesh is a is a diabolical opposition and it is detestable. Right. It's under the laws of being detestable to the most That's high. Right. So communion is detestable to the most high. Oh wow. Wow. Communion <laughs> is detestable to the most high. Mm. Because it talks about drinking blood. Yep. And eating flesh. And eating flesh. And saying, this is the symbol of it. So don't, go, don't act like it's not. That's what you're doing it for. Okay. All right. Now we're dealing <clears throat> here with creatures that swarm on the ground. We've talked about those. Uh, whatever moves on the stomach goes on all fours. We talked about that. Uh, 
We talked about uh, creatures that live in the water. We talked about that. Mm-hmm. Oh, nobody's <laughs> going to eat a maggot. Right. I mean, the very, you know, they have maggots. They In, in the health industry <sighs> back in the day, they used maggots to eat to eat out sores. Oh, they did. Yeah, I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what? Does this have anything to do with you know just just thinking ahead? Because when we get back over into our our signature book of Devarim, chapter number twenty eight, yeah. when it says that you'll be doing all of these detestable things, yes, um, because you, you'll be forced to because yes. you've gotten away so bad that yes. you'll be eating. Uh, and I, without trying to sound vulgar, I'm trying to be very um, professional, I guess, for lack of eloquence. Yes. It's like when you yes. when you eat. Yes, they were accused of being eating a, a dung. Dung and afterbirth yes. and all that kind of stuff. Yes. We don't detestable. do that. Detestable. We, right. we don't do, do that. it. Right. That's detestable. Now, he gives us the law in chapter 12 concerning the observation of childbirth, the laws of impurity. And, you know, I I, I know that modern modern medicine has a different spin on this because— uh, our recovery time is supposedly much different now as we move forward in a, in a medical in the medical field. Mm-hmm. But what I'm getting ready to read to you now is something that I was brought up under. Now, did, did you hear what I said? I heard you. I was brought up under. Uh, brought up under this, but. My parents, who were very Christian, didn't exercise the requirement based on what was written in Scripture. Oh yeah, none of this happened in 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 the Christian when, in my upbringing as well. Now I'm going to come back to something. I'm going to come back to something we said we read <laughs> earlier in Romans. This misfoot right here was passed down to them from their ancestors. Where their ancestors get it from? Mm-hmm. It must have been written on their heart. Let's read it. Okay. Baruch chapter twelve, verses two through five. Two and five. Observe the laws of impurity caused by childbirth. Tell the people of Israel, if a woman conceives, gives birth to a boy, she will be unclean for seven days with the same uncleanliness as Anita. When she has, when she is having her menstrual period. But if she gives birth to a girl, she will be unclean for two weeks as in her nita, and she will, and she is to wait another 66 days to be purified from her blood. Now, when I was coming up in the church and the young ladies were having babies, okay, the old mothers of the church, if they even heard that she left the house, after just coming home from the hospital, they was all over you like the white on rice. Really? Oh, yes. And by golly, please don't come to church. If the criteria, if you haven't stayed home within the seven days criteria and within the the criteria of the uh, 66 days, 
and you came out and, oh, I saw, they would tell, I saw so-and-so out and the mothers of the church would be all over you. Like white on rice. Where'd they get that from? Hmm. They certainly wasn't teaching Torah. Hmm. It's interesting. But the old school did that. Wow. The obligation, chapter 12, Leviticus chapter 12 and 3, the obligation to circumcise all males on the eighth day after birth. Yeah. On the eighth day, the baby's foreskin is to be circumcised. That is that is considered. When the Most High talks in his word about the blood covenant, this is the blood covenant. Correct, because you got to have that, because that was the covenant that was made between the Most High and... And Father Abraham. And Abraham, which says that now you're part of Abraham's seed, which yes. entitles you to... X, 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 and X. And this is how I will know. This is how I will know. This is the sign that this is going to be in your flesh. In your that flesh, I correct. know that you're part of Abraham's seed. Correct. Now, you can't claim and sing the song, Abraham's blessings are mine, if you don't follow the protocol that the Most High gave to Father Abraham for his seed. Correct. And if you claim to be a seed, but your males and the eighth day are not circumcised according to Torah, mm -hmm. then, oh, but <laughs> Paul said that, now we get over to Corinthians chapter seven, Paul writes these words. He says concerning circumcision, being circumcised means nothing. Being uncircumcised means nothing. However, now here's the caveat. Now you heard what I just said. You go read seven, Corinthians seven. However, obeying the commandments, however, you obeying, he talks about you should obey the command. Well, this is a commandment. commandment. Right. So how you, but I'm reading the commandment there and it doesn't say anywhere, however, anywhere in there. If you're going to quote it, let's quote it correctly. Paul, my goodness, brother. Let's see. Let's see. Let's see. Let's see. I'm don't let me see if I can find it there. It might not be. Is it in First Corinthians? Oh, it's in First Corinthians. Does he deal with the issue of circumcision? circumcision? Yes, here it is, right here. In First Corinthians, chapter seven, verse seventeen. This is what Paul writes. Only let and and now I want you to I want you to know as I read 1 Corinthians chapter 7 this is not scripture this is commentary. Paul is responding to a letter so it's commentary it's not scripture. Correct. Only let each person live the life the master use the word Lord, I use the word master, has assigned him and live it in the condition he was when El called him. This is the rule I lay down in all congregations. Now, he's, wow. this is what he's saying. Saying, right. Was someone already circumcised when he was called? Then he should not try to remove the marks of circumcision. Now, the question <laughs> is, how do you remove the marks of circumcision? You if you've been circumcised in your flesh, there's no way to go, to go back and put it back. So that's, that, that doesn't make any sense. Sense, right, to even mention that, yeah. Was someone uncircumcised when he's called, he shouldn't undergo, he shouldn't undergo 
circumcision or Brit Malah. Being circumcised, listen to what he said. Being circumcised means nothing. Being uncircumcised means nothing. What does mean something is keeping Yahweh's commandments. He's contradicting himself left and right with that. <laughs> you can't say... <laughs> you. <laughs> You can't say don't sleep with your mom, but you can sleep with your mom. <laughs> well, which which one which one is it? And then I mean, are, don't we have a Torah misquote that says those that teach against Torah? Yes. I mean, uh, yes. The Most High calls them wicked, <laughs> and their prayers yeah. are not heard. This is what, and this is why we are confused. Yeah, and so and so you see you see why it is that. I'm sharing this with you because if we don't understand the mind of the Most High, then how are you ever going to how are you ever going to deem yourself righteous in His sight when you don't do what He said? Correct. When I've just opened, we open talking about what 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 our King wrote mm -hmm. in Psalms about mm -hmm. righteousness. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh. <laughs> now, this is moral and ethical. This next one is moral and ethical. <laughs> and if they tell right. you, if they tell you that you're not supposed to do that, they're nasty. Yeah. This By goes Ephraim chapter saying. 15, verse 16, observe <laughs> the laws of impurity of a semen emission. That's regular ejaculation with normal semen. Let me make it plain. There you go. If a man has a semen emission, he is to bathe his entire body in water. He will be unclean until evening. Any clothing or leather on which he is, there is any semen is to be washed with water. It will be unclean. Now, if you don't do that, I'm sorry, you're nasty. Yes, yeah. <laughs> that just is so obvious. You're nasty. <laughs> right. It goes on to say in, 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 in Leviticus 15 and 18, if a man goes to bed with a woman and has sexual relations, both are to bathe themselves in water. They will be unclean until evening. Mm. And <laughs> you looking at me and I'm looking at you. <laughs> I mean, so if we go back to the idea that these laws and these mitzvotes and these commandments, these rules and regulations are not for you and they're under the law that you don't have to do them, that Jesus took care of. He didn't take care of all this for you. Right. And if you don't do them, they're ethical and they're moral. Wow. And if you don't do them, even if you don't become Hebrew, you're nasty. That's correct. That's correct. You're just a nasty person. That's correct. That's correct. You're unclean. You're filthy. Wow. Let me ask you a question. Can I, uh, just for my own edification, back in the old church, when they said, I can, I'm harping on this one tonight, when they said that Jesus fulfilled the law, did, in your mind and estimation, is that he did everything that was in the midst, folks? And I mean everything. If, if, Does, well, is that well, what that means? Or he... 
he was so righteous that he just, you know, because this is where I'm going with this. Because you just read something right there that said, if you had a seminal emission. So that means that your Yeshua, if he fulfilled everything, had a seminal emission somewhere. So if he fulfilled <laughs> everything, then <laughs> your your Yeshua ain't no ain't no slouch. <laughs> it comes. I'm just saying, I'm trying to establish, does that mean that when he fulfilled the law and did everything in the law, See, that means that... Here, here's the problem that exists, okay? He didn't get trapped in some of them. Here's the problem that exists, okay? <laughs> when we make statements like that, not knowing what the law what is, is right, and what the Most High has established is mm -hmm. it's easy for us to accept that he fulfilled them all mm. because we don't even know what, what they are. What they even are. Right. Right. There you go. And as far as they're probably concerned, it's only 10 of them. But let's understand something here, okay? We're enumerating the regulations concerning dietary law. We're enumerating the regulations concerning the cleanliness of an individual. We're enumerating the regulations and laws concerning how we are to interact and live with each other. Okay. Mm -hmm. But he says, if you are, if you sin, if you are Torahless, okay. I'll die for those mm. so that you don't have to die for them. I'm going to, I'm going to take those. I'm going to take those and I'm going to die for those. All you have to do is tell me, Jesus, come and repent to me and tell me that you're sorry and I will die for your sins. And those sins that we've, those Torah statements that we've just read, mm -hmm. they will be committed, commuted for you so that you don't have to do them. I mean, I want you to listen to the logic of that. Correct. Come on, class. Come on, class. Come on. You're smart people. Can you hear the logic of that? When we just dealt with in Ezekiel last week, in last week's podcast, Ezekiel told us that an individual who is unrighteous, has to die for his own sins. Mm -hmm. Nobody can die for your sins. You have to, you will pay the price for your own sins. Mm -hmm. And then the next thing that comes to my mind is I spent I spent all of my days from the day I was born until 2007 in the Christian church. I have studied scripture. I have taught many, many Bible classes. I have preached from that text. I have never run across any narrative at all where Jesus Christ enumerates 
any of them the yeah. teachings of the most high that we just read that talk about the greatness and the pureness the perfectiveness the trueness that resides in the most in the most high's laws ruling statutes misfolks commandments that king david talks about mm. that preserved him and if you go back and read uh psalms 18 and 19 mm-hmm. you'll hear him he's talking about the things that he did that preserved him from his enemy because he was faithful to the most high's ways mm. it's good it's very good now I'm going to go back to Shaul's statement. Shall we continue in being Torahless? Hmm. What? That grace may abound? What grace? There's there's no... Listen. Listen. There is no grace at all for being outside the parameters of the Most High's laws and his rulings. There's no grace. You know how I know there's no grace? Because our people who have subscribed to a foreign god, a demigod, Mm -hmm. you're being punished. Your children are dying. Your husbands and your daughters are dying. They're being shot. They're being treated like they're not citizens at all. We're scrubbing in the streets for equal rights. We're trying for equality. Mm -hmm. Okay? When we fly under the banner of the Most High, the Most High says, I open a door and no one can close it. Mm-hmm. I close a door and no one can open it. King David said in his writing, he said that I, let me get it here. He said these words. Let's get back up here in, in, in the text. I have kept your ways. I have not done evil. For all your rulings were before me. I did not distance your regulations from me. I was pure hearted with you. And they kept myself, I kept myself from being toilless. Hence, Yahweh repaid me for my uprightness according to the purity of my hands in his view. With the merciful, you are merciful. With the man who is sincere, you are sincere. Mm. With the pure, you are pure. But with the crooked, you are cunning. People afflicted, you save. But the haughty eyes, you humble. Mm. Now, grace and mercy are two different things. He extends 
his grace to those who are deserving. The fact that he said in his word for our disobedience of not following his ways, he pronounced upon us many, many curses. Mm. The fact that you haven't been subjected to them yet is called mercy. Okay. I said yet. Mercy. Mm. Now, let me say something. Because we take the Father's word as being something that's spiritual, and it is. We don't look at the historical content to make evaluations of the historical content in relationship to current events. We don't, we don't put those side by side and see the effect that's taking place by virtue of our disobedience, the things that are happening all around us. We don't, we don't, we don't attribute that to the Most High's judgment. We just think they treating us bad. We don't have no rights. We can't get this. We can't get that. Brown people are, are just in this nation and the nation they're just sport, they're just being treated bad. We think that that's just an action that's taking place by the nations upon us, and it is. But it is a it is because the Most High has set His hand against us because we will not follow His ways, His rulings, His teachings, His mitzvotes that He's given to us. That's the reason why. And we don't look, we don't look at the negative effect of our life in light of scripture. And when things happen, you just think things happen. Yeah. Yeah, there's no correlation. There's no correlation. But you don't realize this much. If you go back into scripture and you read about the most high and his people, when his people have been in in opposition to him, he has enacted justice upon them. And you listen to the prophets. The prophets say, you have given to us what we deserve according to our actions. Now, what are you and I trying to do? Sound the alarm. Tell We're trying to sound the alarm. Yeah. And we're trying to help our people understand how they can get out from under the arm of idolatry, slavery, and get under the protection of the one who created them. Let me tell you something. I'm going to be very frank here. Jesus Christ did not create you. Scripture says and the prophets testify to it in, in uh, Ezra and in Jeremiah, Ezra and in Nehemiah, they testified. The Most High says, I created, the Most High says, I created the heavens and the earth and everything that 
is in it. I did that. So if he's the one that has created all things, he is the one that has the authority and power to deliver all the things that he has created, including everything that bleeds, has a brain, has a mind, two feet, walks, talks, and does what it does. He, he has the authority over all human life, not another human being. Right. Please understand me. Mm. And that one spirit says these words. Can anybody deliver you out of my hands? Can't have it both ways. The guy across the street can't say, he can't, well, I'll deliver you. No, the most I said, no, you can't, you cannot deliver anybody out of my hands. And you all, you all, if you're listening to this podcast, you have read your Bibles and you know that you have heard the most high say that. So I'm not quoting something that you're not familiar with. We're just putting it all in a succinct narrative so that you can understand the context and understand as the prophet Malachi writes, and then you will know the difference between that which is set apart and that which is not set apart. And this has been Rabbi Robert B. Holman Jr. and Sean Appleton. And this has been Hebrews, Hebrews in, in Exile. exile. Shalom. Shalom.